Look out, it's the backlog boys. Virus detected. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Backlog Boys. Tenth episode, really, but you know what? Uh, nope, episode four. Yep, it's episode four. There's nothing gonna stop it. Uh, my name is Rocking Out. Listen to this. You're gonna want to hear this, Colt. And I'm um Tanner. Oh, Tango Tanner. Oh, that's uh, related to what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today? Which you most likely already know we're talking about today because of the title. We're talking about Hi-Fi Rush, a brand new game. It's probably the newest game we'll ever review. Uh, we really, I picked it because it's so short and uh, it's just me and Tanner and it'd be something that'd be easy to do while Wenzel's gone. Yeah, and, when uh, Wenzel's never coming back. Overseas, on assignment. Yeah, he's um, We can't say what he's plants. doing. Oh shit, my bad. <laughs> Totally not researching plants. Researching plants? You know. The fungus? Uh, oh, are you making a Last of Us joke? Yeah. Oh. Even though that was Indonesia, now the Philippines. Yeah. Also, Last of Us was so five months ago. Oh my god. No, it wasn't. It was four. We did the first one in October, did we not? Oh, I, I was referring to the TV show. Well, shit, the TV show just ended last month in March. Okay, then there we go. We're still hot topic. No, it's all about Super Mario now. Oh, my god! Before before we get started, I do want to tell a story just real quick, real quick. Do it. What? Okay. Um, so we went to go see the Super Mario Brothers movie last night. And I guess it's a little different than like when you and Wenzel saw it. Because y'all saw it, what, like a day after it came out? Yeah, it was ever, that place was packed. Yeah, okay, well, we also had a packed house, but, you know, a lot of kids, as expected, let me tell you, the place, the theater fucking blew up when Bowser started singing Peaches. Oh. I have never been in a theater, the kid, like, it was, it was the kids. Oh. It was just a bunch of high voices going, Peaches, Peaches, you know, singing it. I was like, what, what the fuck? It was so bizarre, like, when I say it was a full theater, now, granted, it was in one of the smaller theaters that are local amc but i mean it was packed it was a 445 showing of regular it wasn't even 3d yeah uh and the kids lost their fucking minds they were sick i the kid like three pit three seats down from us took his phone out and took a picture uh, of <laughs> bowser singing it like an eight-year-old just took a picture of bowser singing peaches not a video a picture because it flashed it was so bizarre. I, that I told, is so weird. I told Riley when we got out of there, I was like, did you, did, like, notice that? She's like, yeah, that was really weird, right? Like, I've never, I've seen musicals in theaters and people don't sing along like that. It was bizarre. I mean, that song has become a huge TikTok trend and all the kids are definitely hearing it on there. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming all these kids had to be re repeat watchers. Uh, for them to know that because nobody was singing it in our theater that was the first time i've ever heard that song was when yeah. we saw it in the theater so i don't know if people 
so I so I have two theories. One theory is that they are repeat viewers of it, which is entirely possible because this movie is going to make a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. Or it, it has gotten so big on TikTok, people are like, we have to go see the Peaches movie because I have to see it on the big screen. Yeah. And, and obviously it has like the peach like that. So like, yeah. you know, when it's coming up and because like there was gasp in the audience when Bowser hits that first peach, like you just hear a bunch of little kids go. <laughs> it sounds so like weird. more people went to see this movie for the peaches and not for Mario. You know the draw. Yeah, it was it was so weird. I've never been, I've never had a theatrical experience like that. Like we've went to see you know quote unquote kid movies. Like when we went to go see Sonic Two, you know we had a theater full of kids and they you know went ape shit. But this was like on a whole other level of like a theater full of kids singing Peaches both times because you know they he sings the. The first verse, like in the middle of the movie, and then the second verse is like the spoilers. It's like the mid credit roll. Yeah, and I, it was so it was it was bizarre. I've never seen anything like it. I even when we went and saw Minions, it was uh relatively normal. Noah singing. I mean, too fair. It's fucking Minions. Movie's crazy, I guess. It was. I I don't know. I, I I don't know. It was the weirdest theater experience I've had in a in a hot minute. Because again, like again, I expected the theater. I didn't expect a sellout because it was a legit sellout. Like we could not have got tickets. Um, I expected that, or I didn't expect that, but I expected you know the majority of the audience to be kids. Yeah, I did not expect the kids to go ape shit when Bowser started singing Peach. I predict because. Peaches has officially entered the Billboard Top 100. I think we're only about a week or two away from it getting played on the radio. Or the Super Bowl. Well, <laughs> probably not, but... I don't know. <laughs> Let's have a resurgence of Jack Black and his singing, because I love Jack Black singing, and he's very good. Well, you know, that happened a few years ago with We Don't Talk About Bruno from Encanto. That it got so big, it started getting radio play, and they actually ended up sing- doing a performance of it at either the Grammys or the Oscars. I don't remember which one. But they wow. did a performance of it. I And Encanto only had like a two-week theatrical run. Like, Encanto really got its legs when it went on streaming. Yeah. The Super Mario movie is going to make over a billion dollars, and then it's probably going to do gangbusters whenever it goes on whatever streaming service it will go on. And if I had to guess. Peacock. Oh, that's hard. That's really hard. I mean, I think it'd be Peacock just because it's uh that's where like Minions is. Yeah, that's Illumination, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it 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 was so weird. But yeah, I fully expect Peaches to start getting I'm gonna Peaches may be the song of the summer. Yeah, it's the song of the summer. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. No, no, we're here to talk about a different sound, a different music, and that's Hi-Fi Rush. I know we already introduced that earlier, but... uh, Maybe you forgot. (laughs) And, uh, shit, like, we might as well just jump into it, because we've got a lot of information here. Yeah, it it surprised me, because you started putting together this doc when I was on, when I was streaming, like, my last little bit of it, 
Uh, which also, by the way, first game ever we've ever covered on here, where if you want to go see a full playthrough, it's on the All You Can Hear YouTube channel. Just search All You Can Hear or AYCH Podcast. You'll find it. Full gameplay, full playthrough of Hi-Fi Rush. I did pretty good, if you ask me. But for a game that was not... I mean, that was literally shadow-dropped, we actually have a fair amount of development info about it. Yeah, like, uh, way more than I realized. There was a full-on hour and a half, an hour and a half, like an hour-ish, a little over maybe, of a interview someone, the jo- John uh, Johannes did, and it has a lot of, like, good information in there. Just, just some really cool information, uh, some stuff that, like, I didn't think about uh, because this game, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. Yeah. I will say that I've only beaten this game once. I've played it once. Same. Uh, f- and I beat it in... Uh, f- when it first came out, like the 29th, a few days after it came out. Yeah, you beat it super quick. Because I really enjoyed it. I couldn't stop playing it. Uh, I played it until I beat it, essentially. Uh, f- and for this episode, I just watched the movie of it, essentially. Just all the cutscenes and yeah. all the story tidbits. And then I... Again, recently played it. From the time of recording, I beat this game two days ago. So it's all still like fresh in my brain. No, oh, so, because yeah. I, I beat it in three sessions. That's fair. It's uh, roughly oh. around as many sessions I had with it. Yeah. Which Colt was like, it's so funny. Colt was like, it's like an 11 hour game. And I beat it in nine hours and six minutes. That's around it, the time it took me. Like uh, I think it was like nine forty-five. Uh-uh, maybe I'm a better gamer. Oh my gosh! Somebody get this guy out of here. I may be a better gamer, but it is funny how this is kind of off-topic. But recently, I because I also played Vanquished, um, and people are like, "Yeah, that's like a six, seven-hour game." I beat it in like four and a half hours. I don't know what I'm doing. Because I feel like as I'm playing, I'm like, man, I'm doing awful. Like, we'll get into it with Hi-Fi Rush. But, like, there were some bosses that I had, like, legitimate problems with. Um, and You've then always I, it, been this way, though. Yeah. Like, I don't know what never, it is. never, like, you don't take your time, apparently. You just zoom through a game doing nothing but the story content. I mean, I didn't skip any of the cutscenes. I actually got no. a fair amount of collectibles. Um, Probably 50-ish percent of the collectibles in the game just playing, like, not even looking for them. Um, did a ton of upgrades, bought almost every move in the game. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too MLG. Yeah, that's true. They, they are competitive. They are gonna sign me. Oh, they're gonna be big does, up there. Does MLG, MLG still game? exist? I highly doubt it. All I knew about MLG was the creatures and uh, uh, whatever the first creature guy said it all the time. Uh, Kutra. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> that, that's some 2011. That. Um, Throwbacks for you. Uh, MLG does still exist. I bet they are super popular and killing it just like FaZe. I'm I'm trying to see. MLG's most recent champion... Okay, so MLG does own Optic. Okay, yeah, they're a pretty big clan thing. Um... And Team Secret, Team Elevate, and apparently... Uh, Liquid as well? I have n- heard of zero of those. Interesting, interesting. Is this like Metal Gear? I, I, 
I don't know. Well, I'm gonna hit you with some credits now. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Let's let's rush. get into the game. We'll, we'll do a history of MLG episode later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, publisher, of course, is Bethesda Softworks. Uh, they are Bethesda. I don't have. To I did not realize that. this was published by Bethesda. I, I mean, it's Tango GameWorks. Yeah, I had had no idea it was Bethesda and Tango. I thought. I thought it was somebody trying to make the new Jet Set Radio. Like, I, I didn't realize it was, like, Tango. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a, someone trying to do a spiritual successor of uh, Jet Set Radio. I think it's called, like, Bomb Set something. It's a Cyberfunk something? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. It comes out in August. That looks fucking rad. It does look really cool. A developer, obviously, just said it, Tango Gameworks. They are known for the Evil Within, Evil Within 2. Shit, what's something? Oh, to- uh, Tokyo, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm-hmm. They are known for scary, dark uh, monster games. And they decided, you know what? Dropping this. <laughs> what if we made something a thousand times different than anything we've ever made? Yep. Uh, designer or director John Johannes, designer Masaki Yamada, programmer Yuji Nakamura, uh, some writers John Johannes and M- Morten Brunberg, uh, some composers Shuichi Kobori and Ryo Uratani and Mas- Masatoshi Yanagi. Some uh, very familiar names if you are used to the Tango uh, Gameworks. Yuji Nakamura and uh, Masatoshi Yanagi being uh, reappearances in all their games, essentially. Which they haven't been around that long. I say that. Even Within 1 came out in, like 10 years ago. Yeah, t- yeah, Tango's been around for right, right at like 13, 14. I'm, I'm trying to look. Yeah, t- uh, Tango was founded in 2010. Oh God! Was their first um, game Evil Within? Their their first game was the Evil Within. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, in twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, yeah. But like, obviously, they were, you know, Tango. Like all all the people that formed Tango, the founder is Shinji Mikami, uh, who had been with Capcom forever. He uh, helped create the Resident Evil series. Yeah, yes, he did. Yeah, but he's actually leaving Tango in uh sometimes later this year. Well, yeah. Well, the video game industry is full of whatever the fuck right now. It's very confusing, uh, very changing, very much so changing. So I'm gonna hit you guys with a synopsis. I said, hit me guys, with it. And I'm used to Wenzel being here, and he's gone. I just want to say real quick, playing Overwatch competitive without Wenzel is absolute hell. Because he's considered a higher rank than me. He is a higher rank than me. And normally I get put into higher lobbies. And uh, now I'm getting put in bronze and low silver lobbies. Because he's no longer here. And it's absolute hell on me. And my rank is only tanking because of it. What what was your rank? I thought you were in gold. I was. Now I'm silver three. And you were being placed in bronze lobbies? Yes. That's crazy. What I'm saying is I need Wenzel back from the Philippines to play Overwatch ASAP because no one knows how to heal. Please come back. Yeah, Wenzel's going to miss a few of these with the way we're recording. Wenzel won't be on another Backlog Boys till June. Oh, yeah. He's not going to be here for a long time. And good riddance. Which, I mean, also, 
I'm trying to like he's just gone for a long time. Yeah, uh, it's it's gonna be a even longer for the people listening. Question mark? No, mm. no, it's not. No, it's not. No, AYCH has some pre-recorded episodes. Yeah, he he's on quite a few episodes in May for for the main channel, but as far as this channel goes, yeah, yeah, he won't he won't be around for a while. Yeah, nothing but Tanner and Colt bring you the hottest news. Synopsis: Hi-Fi Rush follows self-proclaimed future rock star Chai, whose music player is accidentally embedded in his chest during experimental cybernetic surgery, allowing him allowing him to sense the rhythm of the world. Labeled a defect and hunted by the corporation that transformed him, Chai bands together with a new friends to defeat the company's executives and put a stop to their plans. Um. So this is pretty much what's happening at Twitter right now, in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, there I'm is like some. Chai. <laughs> oh, I'm you're shy. Oh, uh, I, I didn't realize you were shy. I, I would say out of everybody, like out of all internet personalities, who Chai would be like in the Twitter, it has to be Drill. Yes, yes, yes. Drill is shy. <laughs> Drill has to be shy. But and then his friends are like, "Fuck, I don't know." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't Maybe it's fucking just, know. It's just, just drill. drill against the world. Maybe like Stephen King. Sure. Yeah. Stephen drill, King's 808. Drill, Stephen King, and all of the um dead celebrities that are verified because they're sub- subscribed to Twitter Blue. You get Joan Rivers in there as well, just just to have her. I think I think I saw that. <laughs> He ended up just apparent allegedly again way off topic. Uh, he's paying out of pocket, like yeah, for all of these celebrities, and apparently he gave blue check marks to just everybody that has over a million followers, and also if you are a dead celebrity. Yeah, he admitted to it. Not allegedly, he said like he doesn't say specifically who he's paying for, but he says that he is definitely paying for certain celebrities and individuals that that's insane i i bet there's gonna be a lawsuit that comes from it i just want him to die but that's not related (laughs) he's a well he's uh, a funny goose yeah he's a he's a real piece of work that does not know jack shit about fucking business if you're an elon musk mark or stan or whatever listening to this Fuck off. Yeah, we don't want you here. <laughs> we don't want you. No Stop one listening. wants you here. Well, you should go change. Get better. Yeah, better yourself. Take some time to stop listening <laughs> to everything Elon Musk tweets. Stop saying that Elon Musk has done as much for free speech as Martin Luther King. And just fucking <laughs> reevaluate your life. And listen to Joe Rogan maybe once every two weeks instead of every day. Man. All right, cult development and game info. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This game was announced and released on the same day, January 25th, 2023, exclusively for Windows and Xbox Series X. I know it says it feels weird saying exclusively, but it's only on those two platforms. So yeah. This I mean, was a it, wild it, it drop. It is exclusive. It will it, I don't I do I do wonder because obviously, you know, Bethesda and Tango are under the Microsoft banner now, but I do wonder if this is going to be one of those timed exclusive deals. 
Or if Hi-Fi Rush is just going to stay on Xbox and Windows. Xbox feels, or Microsoft feels like they are super open to timed exclusives more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. I could, I could definitely see like, it. Ev- even with, uh, fuck, what is it called? Starfield coming out later this year. I honestly think it will come to uh, PlayStation 5, but probably like two years later. Yeah. I, if, I, if I had to guess a majority of these, especially with the Microsoft and Activision stuff, you know, happening right now. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and they're like, well, we'll make sure that Call of Duty goes to PlayStation for the next 10 years. I do wonder if maybe as a make good, if these exclusives coming out right now are on some sort of timed, you know, be that probably 12 or 18 month timed exclusive deals, maybe even two years. Um, I do wonder if, if that will change. Only time can tell. I mean, yeah, shit, we don't know. Still fighting to buy Activision, even though it's gonna happen, but it's just gonna take even longer. Yeah, I think the so- I think the soonest the whole deal can go through is like January. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> and I don't even think it'll go through uh, till it, at that time frame. It'll probably go through next twenty twenty five. The next one. I don't know. There's only so much longer that they can prolong it without something. I read about it, but <laughs> I think it's... it'd be funny if um, Sony took this chance. I don't want anyone buying any other companies, but I think it'd be funny if Sony just bought Nintendo while they are. Uh... You think Sony could afford Nintendo? Yes. Really? Yeah. They'd, uh, they'd start a pact and they'd start beating the shit out of Xbox. I think I think it's really funny how, especially like after and Cole. I know you remember this, even though you're younger than me. But like after the PS3, the you know the whole rumor was like Sony's going to start buying all these companies. They're going to buy Capcom and they're going to buy Sega, and then Microsoft just <laughs> fucking was like, well, what if we bought Bethesda? What if we bought Blizzard? I think they blew their load too soon. They went for too big of companies too fast they should have like kept getting the smaller companies it, uh, and go under the radar more that's the thing that they should have done but i don't i'm glad they didn't because i i'm tired of each company buying these other companies just to have exclusive games it's yeah stupid. it it yeah it is which you know a company that i forgot that sony owned was oh f- there's so many there's I so forgot, many i forgot sony recently bought bungie Yes, uh, they um Destiny. Technically, yeah. Destiny is a PlayStation uh, IP. Yeah, that I completely forgot. They have such a Bungie as a company has such a weird history too. But I completely forgot they made the about, best Halos, and then yeah. not. Well, and it's so weird because three oh, man, we could honestly do like a history of Bungie episode too. Maybe whatever. But um, it, it's so weird how Bungie went from like, oh, they're Microsoft, and then they split off, and then Bungie split off into Bungie and 343, and then that Bungie entered a deal with Activision, got out of the fucking deal with Activision, and now they got bought by Sony. Like, yeah, they, they managed... were solo, and then now they're managed again, yeah. Yeah, like, it blows my mind that they were able to get out and still have whole ownership over their... over destiny getting out of deals with microsoft and activision 
It's so strange. I, I, I worry as long as Square Enix never gets purchased, I'll be happy. Wonder Square, SquareSoft, and Enix split up again. That'd be fucking stupid. You you only say that because you're playing Final Fantasy right now. But that's for the banter episode. We'll talk about <laughs> the Final Fantasy pixel stuff for for banter. Yeah. Or yeah, we should be talking about Hi-Fi Rush. I forgot. What are we doing? Sometimes, sometimes brain just don't work. No, no. It's a Sunday as well. I don't work tomorrow, so I plan to keep my brain turned off for the next 24 hours. Also, epic. I, I do I do want to say, even though we're going on these tangents, A, it's because it's Colt and I. We always go on our fucking tangents. But I don't want it to take away that we... This isn't a spoiler, but we both enjoyed this game. Like That's oh, why yes. we're covering it. We, we just get on our tangents. And, you know, sometimes you gotta be said. That's true. So I don't... Powerful. I, yeah, so I just... Want to make sure, like, nothing taken away from Hi-Fi Rush is just, you know, sometimes... And plus, it's been, like... God, when was the last time we talked, Colt? I don't know. A week and a half ago? Something like that. Yeah, we got... we Our our brains. Even though we talk to each other daily in the... I mean, yeah, we talk to each other daily, but... Podcast-wise. Hi-Fi Rush is a rhythm-based action game where the protagonist, Shy, his enemies and parts of the environment move to the beat. Everything is pulsating with the beat. Yeah, also something did not realize prior to actually like playing the game and starting it on stream. Did not realize this was, was rhythm-based. <laughs> you didn't know anything about this game, and I just told I, you, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, Colt was like, and, and it was something I wanted to get to, especially, you know, it being a 2023 release, you know, trying to do my due diligence. Um, and also just trying to play more games in general. So it was something I wanted to get to, but Colt was like, hey, let's do Hi-Fi Rush. I was like, okay, that's something I want, you know, I wanted to do anyway, or wanted to play on my own anyways, but, you know, it being on the podcast made me play it a little sooner. Uh, no idea it was rhythm-based. I was under the assumption, and I don't know why, I thought it was a platformer. I mean, it's a 3D platformer. I mean, no, there's definitely some platforming elements, but it is not a platformer in this slide. And again, knew nothing about the fucking rhythm-based stuff. Wow. Really you find until out that you have no rhythm or something? I think I did fairly okay, but okay. coming really didn't know about it until the game asked me as I'm starting it on stream. It's like, do you want to turn on streamer safe mode for the music? I was like, wow, there's a lot of music in this game. That's weird. And then get into the like the tutorial, and it's like you can have the rhythm thing down here, and it's just always everything you do is rhythm, jumping yeah. to the rhythm, and dashing to the rhythm and fighting to the rhythm <laughs> it's wild like speaking on the rhythm some more attacking on rhythm isn't required due to actions automatically syncing up with the music but by timing the button presses right you are rewarded with higher damage and timing based combo finishers so you can just attack all you want you can have terrible rhythm yeah uh, it's, and you could play this game just fine well, and there's actually a mode, too, that I think complete, like, the easy beginner mode, I think actually, like, it's pretty much a button masher mode. Like, it will yeah. it will automatically do the rhythm-based combos for you. I think so. All you gotta do is mash the button. Because there, there was a particular boss, again, we'll get to, that I was having trouble with, and the game was like, what if you did this? And I'm like, ow, I only died, like, three times in a row to it. I did um, have that pop up a few times. And yeah. I will not lie. 
I might have selected yes. Oh, well, I, I I am proud to say I played and beat the whole game on normal. I mean, I could have, but I don't have the patience anymore for that. I've got too many games to play. Well, and I still beat it faster than you. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. I explore more than you. Mm, it's pretty linear. This isn't an open world. Oh, my gosh. All throughout the game, you run into rhythm-based minigames, turning on a generator, smashing a wall, opening a chest, etc. Tons of them. Uh, where players repeat on-screen cues in a rhythm sequence. Uh, kind of like a guitar hero for your fingers. On a yeah. Oh, I do wonder... There hasn't been like any like weird peripheral. Well, I think every wired 360 and Xbox One controller would work with X. I want what I'm saying is I wonder if you could play this game with a Guitar Hero controller. Oh, you probably could. Yeah, I mean you would have to be able to, right? Yeah, you uh, probably not on the console, but on PC you definitely could. I would think you would be able to sync it. The the only thing I wouldn't know is unless you could do actual con like actual controller mapping. I don't know how you would do the bumpers and the triggers. Yeah, the touchpad or the touch notes or whatever on the newer, newer the later uh, Guitar Hero controllers. Yeah, I'm thinking like a Guitar Hero three controller though, because I think that I think that that controller fits the aesthetic of this game the best. Yeah, it does. Well, like you, I mean, well, the Guitar Hero Live, the Guitar Hero Live controller is fine. It's awful. I hate it. But it sucks compared to the the OG, yeah. especially again like Guitar Hero Three controller. We, if it, if this game does anything, give me more fucking rhythm games. That yeah, are I love games. rhythm games. Yeah, love rhythm games. I don't need rhythm action games. Give me DJ Hero Three. Give me give Rock me Band. Hero. Give me Normal. Rock Band Five. Give me Guitar Hero. Please, I, yeah. I miss Guitar Hero so much. You can't tell I, I me live. you can't tell me we can't get Guitar Hero Imagine Dragons. Oh, I I wouldn't <laughs> get it. I mean, I would just because I mean there'd be other songs in it besides Imagine Dragons. That's but I, fuck. it's like it's like the the Monkey Finger Paw Curl. Yeah, it's like oh, you get paw. a new Guitar Hero. Panic at the Disco. It's like, oh. Well, they have old fuck. tracks. I they do have old tracks, that. but the, none of those would be in it. It would be like all the weird, bad <laughs> hopes for a living. Panic. Panic stuff. Awful. Awful. Now, Guitar Hero Fallout Boy would be good. Yes. Yes, it would. Fallout Even Boy's newest, newest album is their newest pretty stuff. decent. Not their, like, two albums ago kind of stuff. No, None but their their last album was good. Their first comeback album was actually their first two comeback albums were good. Everything in between, kind of iffy. Some bangers here and there, but mostly mid albums. And then everything they did pre hiatus. That'd be a pretty fucking good game. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy it instantly. Yeah, we should talk about Hi Fi Rush. Hi Fi Rush was first pitched to Shinji Mikami, founder of Tango, back in 2017. Uh, shortly after completing work on Eiffel with Eiffel Within 2. After that, a small team created an internal demo to help pitch the game to higher-ups at Bethesda. I, so I do... This game's it, been it, in production for some time. Yeah, the, like, I mean, because you're looking at pre-production, again, starting back in 2017 with the pitch and the and the demo and everything. I do wonder 
how you pitch this to Mikami and even Bethesda as Tango kind of got, I guess the, like the <laughs> quote unquote horror stuff like tied to it. It's like, I know we're kind of like the horror people, you know, we're doing the evil within series did Ghostwire to or doing Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, but what if we released a bright, colorful rhythm based action game? I just, I, I would love to know how that pitch went. Yeah. That's, because their talents are clearly in other places, but, but you know what? They proved otherwise. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Like, definitely. I mean, it also, too, just seems like. Because even in 2017, it's not like the world was like, God, we need some rhythm, rhythm based action games. We just didn't have any, really. Yeah. Like, like maybe the Crypt of Necrodancer. That's all I can think of. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty much it. And then again, in 2023, we definitely haven't had any. And. A, a little bit. We had Hellsinger uh, that came out uh, last year. But was it rhythm based? Yeah. You uh, oh. shot the guns to the music. It was really fun. Oh. Well, I, I stand like, corrected. Checking that out. Uh, but game, still I, not a huge genre, regardless. No, it isn't. I, I didn't really know where to put this next to the bit of the piece of information. So I just said, you know what, plopping it here and I'm going to tell sure. you it now. Uh, the game is inspired by Shaun of the Dead and other films directed by Edgar Wright. So uh, they're pretty millennial, but they're really good. Yeah, it's definitely like. And you probably want to avoid the quote of, hey, this game is heavily inspired by. Probably Baby Driver. I mean, really, if we're talking about like set pieces set to specific songs and like hitting on the beat and stuff. Seems very Baby Driver. Oh, fuck. What's the movie? Uh, P- Scott Pilgrim. Is yeah, Scott one. Pilgrim's another one. Um, Even though that's not like an Edgar Wright. Yeah, thing. it is. He directed it. Yeah, I know he directed it, but he didn't like write it. But he didn't write he, the He comic. put his style. He put his style. In yeah, it. sure. Um, But yeah, definitely inspired by, by that sort of thing. Which, as Colt said, is like very millennial. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> but not necessarily bad. It's just like, oh no, it's not Disney adult millennial. It's like uh, that one millennial that you have to hang out with at lunch, but you like them, but only at work. Yeah, that was very specific. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush entered production in 2018 in parallel with Ghostwire Tokyo, and I, I find that crazy. I, I'm curious about like what's the difference in teams. Yeah, that's my thing, games. because we really only have the one, like, quote-unquote, census of Tango, and in 2012, Tango had 65 employees at the company, and we have never heard another number of employees at Tango again. So to be, I mean, even if you assume it doubled, even a studio with 100 people working on two pretty big games at the same time is uh, pretty crazy. Which I I guess is why these games take longer to come out. Because, you know, Ghostwire Tokyo just came out last year. This game came out this year. You're talking about four or five year development cycles. Also, both games are, like, surprisingly low in price. Because this game, I think it's 30 bucks at launch if you didn't have Game Pass uh, for Hi-Fi Rush. And uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is 40 bucks at launch. That's something I didn't even think about looking at. Is Hi-Fi Rush really not a full... I don't $60 so. game? Even no, though it should be. You're right. $30 on Steam. 
and it, that's that's not sales price. It could have been a like fifty dollar game. I don't know about a sixty, but it, like it could definitely be more than thirty bucks. Wow, that's kind of crazy. They're kind of like uh, looking at uh, Microsoft. Like, can we change that now that they see that it's popped off so much? Yeah. That man, that's that's wild. I didn't even think because I, in my mind, I think, oh, well, I'm doing it on Game Pass. This is a free game. I forget that they actually have to put like a monetary value on it. But thirty bucks seems it's a steal, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would say this game is very much worth thirty. Um, yeah, wow, that's crazy. Did not even realize the strategy by Bethesda was that development was kept quiet with no public announcement of the game's release. This was in part to avoid skepticism and unsure expectations as the titles was were a big departure for both the developer and the publisher. Because Tango had never made a game like this. We've, just, we've discussed this before. Yeah, and, and again, also talking about Bethesda. Bethesda, to my knowledge, has never published a game even close to this genre. No, not really, no. I mean, and also, too, I do like the that Bethesda and Tango wanted to keep the development of this quiet. I mean, again, it was Shadow Dropped, um, which I appreciate, especially with... Uh, it is funny with a company like Bethesda, because they seem... Maybe it's just because of who we know, but it seems a little... Le- like, there's some leaks around Bethesda. Bethesda stuff tends to get out, even... If you don't know the right people. Yeah, um, yeah it's even this was leaked. I, I'll tell you about in a second. Oh, I even... they can't keep it under wraps. They can't keep shit under wraps. Yeah, I, I, I will say. It, it It's still interesting that Bethesda was like, OK, we need to keep some stuff quiet. But what if we tease Elder Scrolls six a full decade before it releases? And uh, the teaser is actually nothing related to the yeah, final Yeah, literally product. just the, the landscapes. And guess what? They weren't even landscapes from the Elder Scrolls 6. Because development hadn't started on Elder Scrolls 6 when they announced it. <laughs> they f- it, it was a very uh, bold decision by... Uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? Todd. Todd Howard. <laughs> Todd is a weird fucking guy. I w- okay, weird. Weird in the same sense that like we're weird. I would love to like actually like get the chance to talk to Todd Howard and just like go through his like process. Yeah, like because I don't get it. I like I genuinely do not get it. I want to talk to him about video games in general. I want to like see like what his favorite stuff is. Yeah, I would Skyrim. love to know what's like the stuff that he likes. Cause I feel like it's either going to be like super off the wall stuff, or he's going to have such normie taste. It's disgusting. Yeah. So, uh, hit us up, Todd. Uh, we're very interested in talking to you, Todd. I don't know anybody at Bethesda. So please come on backlog boys. We'd love to talk to you about video games and maybe give you a high five through the internet. I don't know. Is that incentive? I don't know. Maybe. After Microsoft purchased Bethesda, marketing suggested that Game Pass might be a solution by lowering the entry barrier and allowing the game to generate interest by word of mouth, and good God it did. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is like... The, I, which I, I 
is kind of like what you want to happen with game like that's the big idea behind game pass right it's the same sort of system that even like netflix um uses uh where they'll release these things it will get huge word of mouth even though there's like no advertising behind it uh, i guess the most recent example i guess squid game would be a pretty good example of just something that blew up because of word of mouth yeah um even though that was like two years ago yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of like another show that Netflix has had that really blew up because of word of mouth. Oh God, I... maybe White Lotus HBO Max might be a pretty yeah, good example. I, I even wanted to check it out because I saw that clip of that woman shooting her guns, crying. Uh, White White Lotus. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's fucking good. Riley and I just finished season two. It's really fucking good. Um, should definitely check it out. <laughs> But yeah, so it it's kind of cool that like there's a space for games to also have. I mean, obviously you could like lose your ass. I feel like it. this is like the first time a game is this is like the best possible outcome for a game on Game Pass. This is like the first time it's ever happened, I feel. Like even I, Infinite, like yes, it did so well because it's Halo, but I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to think of a game that has maybe Pentiment from last year. Kind of got some pretty decent buzz. It was a Game Pass game through word of mouth. Ended up on some Game of the Year list. I don't think it would have done if it wasn't on Game Pass. Yeah. But I still don't think Pentiment had like the reach that Hi-Fi Rush did. But also oh, no. Pentiment Pentiment was have... very niche. Yeah. Uh, not many people really liked playing it. Uh, me included. Uh, but for this, this is very, this is got a lot of people enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Already kind of covered this information, but I'm going to put it here again because this happened. Hyperush was announced at Xbox and Bethesda Developer Direct on January 25th, 2023. Game's appearance was intended as a surprise, although the title and logo were leaked online a day prior to the event. After showcasing the trailer and some gameplay footage, Tango Gameworks announced that the game will be released on the same day for Windows and Xbox Series XS. Yeah, I, I remember just... when this logo leaked and I saw it and I was like, oh, that's an interesting logo. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I don't I didn't see anything else about it. I don't even remember it leaking. I feel like Wario tweeted about it. I mean, it. very likely. I just do not at all remember it leaking and it de and it definitely didn't leak what kind of game it was oh no so it was could not tell. so yeah so i mean as far as game leaks go pretty fi fine but it still kind of sucks it's like uh <laughs> just one more day it's kind it's kind of like the capcom problem right where capcom yeah. has like a huge thing and it always tends to leak like 36 hours before they had release it like i mean at this point even like executives at capcom fucking joke about it yeah it's nothing like uh, ubisoft's where they leak four years before it drops oh shit well that and god we've had whole slideshow presentations internal slideshows from ubisoft week yeah that somebody at ubisoft is... is just posting this to the instagram and they just can't find them do you remember a few years ago for that guy 
I'm trying to think if it was on Reset Era, or it might have been when NeoGAF was still not racist, um, where the guy was like, hey, or maybe it was on Reddit, and the guy was like, hey, I was sitting by this Ubisoft exec on a fucking oh, plane. Yeah. It and was he a Square sh- Enix uh, exec. Cause they no, had no, the, but the, the one the, I'm... Are you talking about the Tomb Raider thing? No, I'm talking about the Assassin's Creed thing with the Ubisoft oh, exec. shit. It happened twice then. Yeah, where he was like, hey, you want to see the new Assassin's Creed? Fuck. <laughs> and he did, and I'm pretty sure it was about Odyssey. Um, and it ended up being like 100% true. That like this guy was just sitting by a Ubisoft exec. And he just showed him all these fucking files on his computer of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Fuck. <laughs> I was thinking of, uh, for Square Enix, like, it was like Shadow of Tomb Raider, I think, the last one. Yeah. Uh, somebody was on a train ride. They looked over at someone's laptop and they were reading a document with it on it. And uh, <laughs> that was the, how that leaked. That's so good. Crazy totally kind of took those away from us, but hopefully yeah. we're about to start getting some of those back where it's like, hey, I ran into somebody in the bathroom and they just showed me Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Jesus Christ. I wish I could do that. <laughs> Please. Uh, to show you some voice actors for of these main characters, there's plenty of like pretty big voices here. Uh, Robbie Damon as... Uh, Chai. Rami Damon voices Chai. You might know them as Goro Kechi from, from Persona 5. Uh, Erica Lindbeck voices Peppermint and 808 because 808 a drone. Uh, she voices Futaba from Persona 5. Two Persona 5 voice actors. I was like, huh, that's fun. Gabe Kunda is a relatively new voice actor. They voice Macaron. Sunil Malhotra voices Cinnamon. Sarah Elmala voices Corsica and Roger... Craig Smith, you might know him as Sonic the Hedgehog or Chris Redfield, uh, voices Kale Vandalay. I don't, I don't think I knew that Chris Redfield and Sonic were voiced by the same guy. Yeah, I, I, I was like <laughs> Roger Craig Smith. Why do I know that name? He's super familiar when I heard it in the game, and I was like, that voice sounds so familiar. It's fucking Sonic the Hedgehog and Chris Redfield. Like that, I love both those characters, and I've heard their voices so many fucking times. Also, does kind of make sense. Maybe Mikami going be like, I know a guy that could play this villain because I, I, you know, Chris Redfield being Capcom. Yeah, like he he's voiced Chris since Resident Evil Five for yeah. since two thousand nine. Oh eight, well, maybe not. Well, fuck maybe <laughs> if Shinji left the company. <laughs> um, I don't know it. Definitely does not compute in my mind Sonic and Chris Redfield being voiced by the same guy. It's just something I didn't know. If you listen to their voices like side by side, you can probably hear it. Pretty similar, yeah. Yeah. They have some great voices, if you ask me. Everybody did a great job when it comes to voice acting. Oh yeah, I thought the I thought the voice acting was pretty pretty well done. I also too. I, I will say, and I guess we'll get into it a little bit later, but I do want to say is that one of the common complaints I saw with Hi-Fi Rush is people didn't like the writing. Um, they thought it was too cheesy. I feel like that's the point, though. That's Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I, it's kind of... Cause this, and I said it multiple times on stream, and I still feel this way. This game was like playing a Saturday morning cartoon to me. And I mean that as a full compliment. Oh yeah, that's a good thing. Like it 
it has just enough cheese. It doesn't have like Marvel movie level cheese. No, where, no. But you know, and some of the moments are like genuinely funny. And it's such a short experience. I couldn't like. I can't imagine playing it and being like, "Oh man, this game is pretty cheesy, huh?" Like, I mean, yes, but it's also kind of the point. But plus, Edgar Wright, it was uh, the influence, and all his fucking like biggest movies are Cheese City. Yeah, I mean, Cheese Fest. I mean, also too, like this is probably a chance for the the developers actually worked on this to do something again, like they've never done before. So they probably wanted it to be a little funny and cheesy because their other games aren't at all. <laughs> nope. They're kind of traumatizing. I need to play evil within games. I, I, I love resident evil and that's kind of like a resident evil experience. And I want to play them. Did you play Ghostwire Tokyo? I, I checked it out a little bit. It's, I, uh, not it's for fine. you. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna pick it back up. Anyways, let's hit some music. I got some a decent amount of music information considering this is a rhythm-based video game. And there's a lot of music in this game. Yeah, tell me about it. The game's original soundtrack was created by former Konami composer Shuichi Kobori, Zone of the Enders, Metal Gear Solid 3, Metal Gear Solid Acid 1 and 2. So they they've been busy. Uh, former Capcom composer Rayo Uratani, Monster Hunter 3 and Monster Hunter Rise are the two big titles you probably know them from. And Tango Gameworks sound designer Masatoshi Yanagi, which is the guy that's been there for pretty much every single uh, Tango game. Uh, Hi Fry Rush uses 10 licensed music tracks throughout the story. I'm going to go ahead and list all of them. Hit me with them. Uh, Lonely Boy by the Black Keys, One Million by the and the Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails, Free Radicals by the Flaming Lips, Inazawa Chainsaw by Number Girl, Fast as You Can by Fiona Apple, Invaders Must Die by the Prodigy. I put classic here because it is a classic and I do love that song. Wolfgang's Fifth Symphony by Wolfgang Gartner, Worrying by the Joy for Minimal, another classic. I really enjoy that song, and honestly by Zwan. Ten. Pretty good songs, two absolute classics. Um, I I had so Cole. I assume you played with the original. Oh yeah, I was gonna say music. you didn't hear any of this. I, I didn't hear any of these in the game. Uh, so I got to hear the entire original soundtrack. Um, which, which I'll go ahead and read it to avoid issues such as YouTube copyright strikes. The game includes an option to replace all licensed songs with similar original tracks performed by the band The Glass Pyramids. Um. Which, if you listen to those songs compared to these songs, it's crazy how they set similar they sound. Yeah, definitely similar tones. Um, just based off of the songs I'm familiar with from the licensed music list. Um, but the the original soundtrack is like pretty top to bottom, like Bangaruskis. Like they're they're good. I think they also help, like emphasized the saturday morning cartoon feel i started you know with with the game yeah with uh just because like the original music like are they great like are they like all-timer songs no but like there's songs that you know i i could definitely listen to again put on a spotify playlist they're good songs um speaking of spotify oh, playlist bethesda created an official spotify playlist with most of these tracks on it it's pretty cool just wanted to throw I, that in there because you were speaking of it. Why? Why most? Uh, because Are like some of these one songs million, not on Spotify. 
no, it's just the it's like an official like album playlist kind of thing. And I feel like putting one million and perfect drug on there is weird. Like all these other songs, it like the 10 licensed ones, it's weird. But all of the Glass Pyramid versions are on it. But uh, it, it, it's cool. I also, again, as somebody that streamed this game and uploaded the gameplay, super fucking appreciate them. Instead of being like, fuck you, you can't stream this game. Uh, you're going to get copyright strike. We're going to be on your ass. They're like, hey, guess what? You're fully allowed to stream it, post it on YouTube. We have a second whole soundtrack solely for that purpose, especially... And it works because, so like, I've talked about this. I'm going to talk about it again. WWE 2K23 has a streamer slash content creator friendly mode. But if you play the John Cena showcase, your shit will still get copyright strike, even though it mutes it and everything else because they show video clips. And your shit will get copyright strike, even though it says it won't. It will. I appreciate that this game actually has one of these modes that works. And it doesn't hurt the experience because these the music that they use to replace the songs is meant to be just as good to help out the experience be the same. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I honestly think playing with the original soundtrack may be the way to go because I think it helps the the game in that sort of like just getting into its own world sort of deal. Um I oh, I think yeah. every I think everybody should at least listen to that, you know, the glass pyramid stuff cuz it's it's good. Oh yeah, at least check it out, uh, but definitely play it with the original soundtrack because when the worrying by the joy formidable starts playing, it's like a pretty sick scene. Check that shit out. Let's hit it with some reception and sales, very little information here. Uh, but I'm going to hit you with it. Hi-Fi Rush received generally favorable reviews, according to review aggregator Metacritic. Uh, it received an 89 out of 100 on PC and 87 out of 100 on Xbox Series X. I just want to say that's strange, uh, considering I don't think there's really any complaints about either when it comes to like performance-wise. I have to imagine it's just a It's frames. just the different reviews. Yeah, that and probably frames. Honestly, so I'm looking on Open Look, Critic. Yeah, and what's they, it say? They they have them combined as an 89. Hi-Fi Rush on an 89, which I should also say, uh, Hi-Fi Rush is still in the top five best reviewed games uh, on Open Critic this year. Good, it, I tell you, it deserves it. Yep, it's behind Metroid Prime Remastered, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Eight Bit Adventures Two. Don't know what that is. I don't know. Um, I'm. I've never heard of this game. It was like an RPG. Hmm. And uh, Path to the Midnight Sun. Never heard of that either. Path of the Midnight Sun, excuse me. But yeah, sitting sitting tight at an 89. For reference, tied with Dead Space, the, the remake. Oh, dang. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's definitely holding its own. Uh, Pretty you know, review-wise, I mean, you're, I mean, it's been out for what three months now, and it's still holding pretty high at a. I don't think that number is going to change. Essentially, uh, basically, it's going to stay that number. Yeah, I couldn't imagine 
it changing a ton. Actually, Open Critic has it as its number one in the 2023 Hall of Fame, which I guess means the best new original game, maybe? I say that, but Octopath Traveler 2 is also in it, so I don't know what their criteria is, but they have it at number one, whatever okay. that's worth. The one thing that was common with almost every review is that uh, the, the love of its style, music, visual, and all-around swagger, it, it's a beautiful game, and every reviewer realizes it, because, holy shit, it's super stylistic, and yeah. has so many different styles. Mm -hmm. It has such a smooth game feel, too, like, talking about, like, obviously the music is good, stylistically it's good, but, like, when you hit a on-beat combo, like... There, the the game feel just goes through the charts. Like you feel, I don't want to say you feel cool doing it, but you feel really good. Like yeah, that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it does feel good hitting those combos. As of recording, April twenty third, twenty twenty three. That's when we're recording. The last updated numbers, uh, updated player numbers, was two million in March twenty twenty three. I said I guess this could be considered coffee sold due to Game Pass, but I don't. I don't know how Game Pass really works when it comes to paying developers. Yeah, um, I, I don't know how it works with the with paying developers, but I I do wonder if that number includes the actual number of copies they have legitimately sold and Game Pass. Um, because you know, Cole, actually, the week that we're talking about this, uh, I, I believe it was Jeff Grubb. That and I do think he was taken out of context. Yes, but, actually, I forgot to bring this up. Yeah, yeah, said something something to the effect of, uh, Hi-Fi Rush was seen as a not a critical success in the minds of Microsoft, and actually got several like higher like Aaron Greenberg commented on it and was like, no, actually, Hi-Fi Rush like pretty much exceeded every expectation we had for it, um, with the Game Pass model. I, I do find it interesting, like, wow, what are the odds of the week we're recording this, like, Hi-Fi Rush drama happens? And, and then, like, uh, Grubb did eventually, you know, like, go and say, like, well, that's not what I said. And it wasn't Jeff Grubb, like, arguing with the Microsoft developers. It was, like, people taking Jeff Grubb's comments out of context, and then they're arguing with the developer. It was super weird. But um, I do find that interesting, it, that 2 million number. Uh, two million people in two months is a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot, especially for a game that had no promotion. No, I mean, just, a shadow drop just dropped, just yeah. dropped. Yeah, and you're talking two months later, a game mostly on Game Pass. Um, I couldn't see how two million people couldn't be considered a success for it. Again, I have no idea. Is there information on like revenue split, revenue split games on? game pass like do we actually have because i've always been curious about that but just never looked it up well so game pass makes up for 15 percent of the revenue of microsoft's overall xbox content and that was of october of last year yeah i mean it's such a good deal yeah you should just use that instead of buying the games uh yeah i don't
I, I don't know. There's a thread on Reset Era, but that could be total bullshit. And it's also from 2019. So who even knows? I just want the developers to be paid well for yes. like people playing their game yeah. for basically well, fucking 15 bucks. Well, and also, too, I guess with Microsoft, with this game in particular, I mean, all the money at the end of the day is in Microsoft's pocket at some yeah. point. Because they, they own <laughs> the developer and the publisher. Um, so, you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter for a game like this, because, at, you know, I couldn't imagine Microsoft seeing this number and being like, oh, that, ju- that just doesn't pass the, the gruff, especially so got to put you down. Yeah, especially. With Microsoft seemingly not, not having anything um, to offer. As yeah, far this is as the best game they've released on the Xbox Series X. I'm saying that now. <sighs> I can't. I can't disagree with you. I'm trying to think. Is Wo Long on PlayStation? Yeah. Oh well, we're talking about Microsoft. Like yeah, it's, like it's, yeah. Um, God, I guess it really depends how into multiplayer of Halo Infinite you are. You're you're into, I guess. I don't care for Halo Infinite multiplayer. So, bye bye. I mean, Man. Forza Horizon 5 also Forza Horizon really, 5. really good. Yeah, that, that was really good. But I like this more, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I played Forza Horizon 5 for like three hours, and I was like, all right, that's as much car as I want to do. I played Forza Horizon 5 for like 75 hours, and it's like, all right, that's enough cars. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad we had the same experience with the game. No, I really enjoyed it. I I could go back and play it at any point. It's just too many other games. Yeah, and, and that that's also why I think a game like this is doing so well. It's not a huge time commitment. It came out at really the perfect time. It came out at the end of January. You know, right right before we had like our first big rush of games coming out this year. Um, and like you, realistically, you can beat this game anywhere between nine and. 10 hours or nine yeah. and 11 hours. So it, it it's not a huge time commitment. So it, it it's cool. I, I'm glad a game like this came out and wasn't like 60 hours and also just wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's what I want. As long as the game respects my time and isn't like actively bad, chances are I'm going to like you a fair bit. Yeah, that's the little bit of information that we're going to give you before we jump into the story. But before we do that, we're going to take a little break and uh, play some basketball for a few minutes. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but Colt and I love having a little go around at the hoop. Yep, I dunk all the time. Especially with Wenzel not here. Wenzel gets mad when we play basketball because we always dunk on him because a lot of people don't know this. Wenzel's only four seven. Yeah, it's pretty. A lot short. of people don't know that. I'm Colt, six six, and yeah, Colt's seven six, three. I'm, yeah, I, I'm seven three. So we just donk on that little man, yeah. and he do, he does get a little pissy, a, a little, little pissy, little bitey. He loves just hopping on our backs like a like a gremlin. Yeah, and he crawls uh, all just, over your body, just biting you, and just snipping at our necks. Uh, yeah. If you've ever seen Attack on Titan. Wenzel is sort of like an Aaron Yeager. Um, or kind of like the cart titan jumping around. 
Sure. Uh, I was going to say we were the Titans because yeah, we're so much. Yeah, like the Carton Titans, the tiniest of them, though. Yeah, uh, sure. We could say or that. The Winslow Jaw is... Titan. Yeah. Also, Winslow loves carrying his luggage on his back. Um. Yep. Yep. There's the... actually one of the big news reports right now in the Philippines is of this strange man crawling around the airport in the city Winslow's in with his luggage. <laughs> And he's naked. Yeah, but that's naked. Man, I'm just... <laughs> God. Well, he's never going to listen to this. He's not going to hear it. He's not, but now I really want to, like, Pat... Because Pat probably will listen to this. And get Pat to draw that and just have it in the group chat. Totally no fucking context. It <laughs> <laughs> just wins us like, what the fuck? Why'd you draw that? It's just like, why am I... Why did you draw a naked picture of me? <laughs> I think that's uh, pretty funny. But yeah, okay. We're we're taking a break. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back for some more Hi-Fi Rush action. We in it. You... We are both in it. Uh, hit you with some more story and small amounts of game info because it felt weird putting this up there with the developer info. I didn't know. It's hard to parse out where to put where. Uh, but Hi-Fi Rush is made up of 12 different levels. Uh, I put here in parentheses. It took me 10 hours to beat, roughly. Took me nine hours, six minutes. I was like 9.45, so we're close. Mm. Are we, though? Fuck you, dude. There's six main bosses in total. Every main boss level is themed around a different musical style. Uh, For instance, Rekka's like, I don't know. I don't know the music styles. Never mind. I give up. (laughs) Are you done? no, yeah, I just couldn't remember. But there's uh, different musical styles. Uh, the could you with some story details? Because let me tell you, there's a lot of story details here, and I actually have it written down so that I remember it. Uh, unlike with the Last of Us episodes and the Pokemon episodes, which makes this the I think the longest doc uh, we've had by only like one page. I see it, yeah, because. Yeah, it's like six six pages. All right, yeah. All right, here we go. Without further ado, let's hit this story up. The game follows Chai as he battles his way through the leaders of Vandalay Technologies using his newly acquired arm that can create a guitar using a magnetic baton that Chai uses as a weapon throughout the entirety of the game. Uh, which the, with the magnetic baton, he uses it to turn into a guitar because he's a rock star. A future rock star. A future rock star. It's like 2024. It's not that far off from us. Wait, wait do you think do you think Hi-Fi Rush took took place in modern day? No, no, it's like 2050 or something. He had a fucking iPod. It was like 2002. <laughs> it's a it's the alt timeline like 2007. Oh, God. Because it was an I, iPod ooh. classic. I was still in elementary school. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't say for certain that it wasn't alt history 2007, but it feels very alt history 2007. It does. It does. Even from, like, the uh, beginning cutscene, you know what? It's relatable. I remember watching it on the stream, uh, and you were like, relatable, I do that too. It was uh, whenever he's putting on his clothes again, he puts on his shoe and he stomps keep stomping until the back of the heel finally gets over his heel. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. I stopped watching because I was doing other things. <laughs> Love the support, Cole. Thanks. You're welcome. I, I, I jump in, in the streams every <laughs> no, now I and know. then. I'm just kidding. I'm just joshing. 
shortly after Chai gets embedded with his MP3 player, he encounters a cute robot cat named 808. It's Peppermint. You'll know who that is in a second. 808 is a drone that Peppermint uses to get around the place and spy without actually going around herself. And I love, love 808. We don't 808 really... is a certifiable badass. This is like, this is the mascot of uh, Hi-Fi Rush. And I fucking love 808 so much. Because it's so... Whoever did the animation for this game, not just for 808, but everyone. Like the facial expressions. Yes. And the movements. It's so perfect. Yeah. I have I to imagine it. it was like, a, because there's so many different animation styles that they use. Um, I have to imagine it was quite difficult for the team that did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Still, only 30 bucks? That's crazy. Yeah, it, it's still that's still kind of blowing my mind that it's only 30 bucks. You put in a lot of hard work here, Tango. Uh, Chai and Peppermint form an alliance to help each other proceed through the compound after Chai accidentally syncs up with 808. Peppermint offers to help Chai escape if he agrees to help her investigate a conspiracy behind Project Armstrong. And like Peppermint's showing some like signs of being suspicious herself, and you're not really sure why. Peppermint is a little suspicious, but having 808 pretty much sold it for all of us. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Chai's pretty much like cool. I love hanging out with this fucking cat. Um, and I'll do whatever the cat you ask. Is Peppermint like that's what Peppermint looks like? You think that's her? That is true. The fr until we meet Peppermint for real, Chai is under the impression that Peppermint is this cat. Yeah. Also, their name's 808. Yeah. Chai runs into Rekka, which is one of the main bosses, one of the executives, at the end of the level, where she proceeds to summon a massive robot to clean up the defect. And it plays, for this part, I'm not going to say it's for every fight, but I don't know why this is drilled in my head. They play one uh, Nine Inch Nails. I don't even like Nine Inch Nails. I don't know why that's drilled in my head. That is weird. I uh, would like to say Rekka's character design, fucking magnificent. So Rekka's based on a professional wrestler, just like a generic professional wrestler. They have like brass knuckles, uh, just super buff, it says a ton of like wrestling shit, always screaming, pretty much always cutting a promo. I really appreciated it. Yeah, she's very fun. Uh, not for long, though. Uh, uh, after the boss fight with a big robot, Chai meets up with Peppermint in person inside the hub that will be used throughout the whole game. It's just a nice little chill room that you can walk around, and there's clearly areas where new people will be put yeah. in throughout yes. the game. Yep. Uh, Peppermint reveals that Project Armstrong is hiding an AI program called Spectra, and that they need to fight through the executive bosses and get their access keys to get more info on Spectra. So th now we know the whole reason for fighting, and that's to see what the fuck Spectra is about and get these yeah. goddamn pass keys. Yeah, we, we got to get down to the bottom of Spectra. And this is really, like, obviously the vibe and stuff feels very Saturday morning cartoon. But, like, this part really feels Saturday morning cartoon. It's like, oh, no, there's this big, bad, evil corporation ran by adults. I mean, and they don't say that, but, like, I, I'm Chai's the 25. Pepper's Is he really? 20, yeah, he's 25 years old. Oh, well, fuck me. He comes across as a teenager. And uh, everyone else here is an adult, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, I, I knew, like, 
the characters we meet later were definitely adults. I was under the impression that maybe Chai and Peppermint were teenagers. Nah, they're just some... Uh, Chai's just a failure. Well, I guess maybe Chai is a millennial. If yes. if if we consider that this could be an alt timeline 2007, being 25 in 2007 would have made you born in 1982. That's prime time fucking millennial. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, not much story happens leading up to the boss fight with Reckham, but just know that visually, a lot of cool shit's happening. This art style's changing like crazy. Switch now, we're jumping into the Reckham fight. Uh, oh my god, I keep burping. My bad. That's why I'm doing these long pauses. <laughs> Reckham has a robotic gauntlet that she reveals after taking off her wrestling gloves, and the arms have like pile drivers and they pack a mean punch. They have these, like, pistons that push in and out and punch uh, whenever she punches. It's really fucking cool. It, it is cool. Like, really, leading up to Rekka, I consider the whole, even everything up until Rekka is very much tutorialized. Um, Just because the game, it is a weird game to, like, just jump into. Um, you're still learning the rhythm based stuff. And that's why I think Rekka is such a short boss fight. Um, yeah, it's also the first. Yeah, well, it's the first, first one, but main it, boss fight. Yeah, but again, I, I, I definitely think it's very much tutorialized. But like Colt said, like pretty much the story thing that is happening is we're not even focusing on everybody else. We're like, we know we got to beat Rekka uh, to get her key. So we can figure out like what exactly Spectra is, like get to the bottom of it. And pretty much Rekka is the head of like uh quality assurance. So she's like the in the gamer's mind uh, is like the last test of Chai maybe not being a defect if Chai can get through QA. Yeah. So uh, it, it's it's really cool how they do that. And Colt's right. Visually, they throw everything at you. Like so many different. Like some of the cutscenes are done in like an actual like cartoon style. The game, it's comic book, yeah, like com- pages. Yeah, comic book pages are very common throughout the game. They throw that here, and you're really learning the basics of the game here. Like you run into Smidge a ton who pretty much has you do yeah. all, like, all these combos. Like, you run into Smidge this first part of the game up until Rekka probably, God, six or seven times. Yeah, and if to, to tell you who Smidge is, it's a refrigerator that has a fetish for getting beat up. Yeah, he's yeah. Smidge is a smart fridge. Smidge is great. Love Smidge. But Smidge does like being dominated. Yes, very no much No other so. way to put it. And uh, this something that's not just exclusive to Rekka, but during every main boss fight, there's a second phase that begins with a really cool fee- uh, freeze frame and a different mm-hmm. art style than normal. It's like super exaggerated, heavy lines. Yep. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great stuff. Uh, Rekka turns during the fight. Uh, Rekka fucking does a spin. You kick her ass. She turns into a Beyblade. And uh, at the end of the fight, she explodes. She dies. Like, literally, she's dead. There's no way she's alive. This is what Colt has written. 
verbatim. Rekka turns into a Beyblade and explodes. Period. She fucking dies. All caps. And the gang gets their first pass key. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> that is what happens. It's just funny. <laughs> she fucking dies. No, there's no way like our team here did not kill multiple people. Yeah, that's I put fucking dies multiple times cuz well, you are murdering people at some point. Yeah, you I mean the, people are exploding. I think every boss fight ends with a huge explosion except one. There's a, there's a few that are actually still alive. And it's surprisingly one of them that should be dead is still alive. It's weird. And one that I thought would still be alive at the end is dead. We'll we'll get to that later. <clears throat> After uh, plugging in Rekka's passkey, Peppermint finds out that Spectra is an AI program that, ha- that has direct control of the user's mind. Who would have thought that this would be so pertinent in 2023 after going into development in 2017? I was like, man, this evil company is trying to push AI on a lot of people. Mm. Uh oh! <laughs> it's just really funny. Yeah, there's just that. a fun scene where she plugs in a thing to his leg or his arm, and uh, she uh, just controls him. It's a fun little sequence. But uh, Spectra's bad, yo. Yeah, Spectra is Chat GBT, but um. A little less problematic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I do. I just find it funny that the theme of the game is like, oh, the evil corporation is trying to push AI on, on everybody through products that don't necessarily have AI, but they have AI, and we're going to try to control them. It's like, wow. Especially, Cole. I know you dicked around with it a little bit, but uh, the new Snapchat AI, yeah, thing, it's fucked up. Like, have you seen the people? That will like tell it like, hey, what's the nearest Taco Bell to me? And it'll be like, well, your location is so and so, and here are the closest Taco Bells. And they're like, I'm not sharing my location with Snapchat. How do you know where I am? And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know where you are. Have you yeah. seen that? Yeah, I I have seen those. Like this AI is. Like the Snapchat one's boring, I find, because yeah. like yeah, the fun AIs, like they immediately like get scared of you whenever you start sending them threatening messages. Yeah. But this one, it doesn't. Like I was threatening to throw rocks at it, and it was like, please don't throw rocks, it's dangerous. Yeah. But, like what's wrong? What's wrong? C AI or character AIs, whatever the fuck, it'd be like, ah, like they'll be screaming. Like they, I physically recoil, uh, blood drumps down my face as the rock smashes my eye. I think that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. Also, the president's talking about One Piece on TikTok. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. Like in the end, AI is more harmful, but it is a little funny at times. Some some of the stuff is funny. Some of the stuff people are doing with AI, like most technology, is inherently bad. That is truth. But some of the stuff is a little funny. Peppermint concocts a plan to hit up R and D to deal with Zanzo next exec. And hopefully destroy Spectra while they are there, because they think that Zonzo will have like the lead onto where Spectra is. Uh, Zonzo is a walking JoJo reference. Looks crazy. Does classic JoJo poses with classic JoJo rumbling, like the rumbling uh, classic comic font, mm-hmm. not comic font, but the, the words. 
It's it's really fun. Yeah, uh, like it. It's not even like a JoJo reference. It's just JoJo's. You could. It's like they ripped a, their own OC out of the JoJo universe somehow. Yeah, because Zanzo to me kind of looks like who's that ugly motherfucker in Part Five? The guy that gets punched a lot. Yeah, the one that I th- I think dies by the the fish hook, or maybe they have the fish. Oh, hook? you talking about the guy that looks like a fucking daikon? Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he uh, Pesci. Yeah, something that starts with a P. Prosciutto? No, that's someone else. Pesci, Pesci, Jojo, Lasagna. It is Pesci. Okay, yeah, it's Pesci. But yeah, to me, kind of looks like Pesci. Yeah, he's a normal necked Pesci. Yeah, normal neck Pesci because the hair's the. Exa- I'm looking at it now. Hair is the exact same. But he's a, he's a cool dude. I actually really like his design. Oh, yeah. Because, again, purely JoJo's. Like, ton of JoJo references. Super overdramatic. Does all the poses. I mean, it, it's very blatantly JoJo's. It, 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 like, first seeing it, I'm like, oh, that's... He, he did, like, a JoJo reference. That's fun. But then he just keeps doing them. <laughs> yeah, and there's I've seen people put like screenshots of the game. He does every single part through at least parts one through five. Does the main protagonist poses? Yeah, every single one of them. It's a it's a really fun bit. Uh, during the fi- uh, you have to fight your way through an underground lab powered by lava before you get to Zombazo. It's gonna be a bit before you get to Zonzo. He's a little shit that hides and stuff. Yeah, uh, I. Colt, maybe you didn't feel this way. I felt like the longest time in between boss fights were between Rekka and Zonzo. Because I feel like it's you have to do so much shit before you get to Zonzo. Yeah, and also Zonzo's... We'll get to that, but, but like, this later. But Zonzo's boss fight is way different than any other boss fight in the entire game. Oh, yeah. So it feels like... Like, at the end of his boss fight, it's like, all right, now I get to fight him. But no, we'll talk about that in a second, though. Uh, during the fight through the lab, Peppermint gets some messages helping us through unknown source. So you're just getting like messages saying, go do this, go do that. And go through this door. Where. Yeah. At the end of the lab gauntlet, you encounter a new enemy type that you can't kill with your current abilities. So, and so Chai says, you know what? I'm going to talk to it Naruto style. And like, you're better than this. We can be friends. And an anime punches him through 800 walls and eventually down into Macaron and Cinnamon's secret hideout. Uh, it turns out Macaron was the one sending messages to Peppermint, and Macaron is now a new summonable that can help destroy heavily armored enemies. Uh, I love Macaron. Yeah, he's a very, very fun character, and uh, he he joins reluctantly because he's a big teddy bear and he dislikes fighting. Mm-hmm. And there's I'll- even a part where he like gets angry, punches a wall. They're like, "Yeah, you're joining us." And he's like, "Yes." Oh. He's Macaron is very good, very very much like the the pacifist heavy, and and then like his the robot Cinnamon is like, oh, you should really do this. Also, Cinnamon has a great bit, uh, where Macaron told Cinnamon to like be to have like more face like facial reactions. So like every single time Cinnamon talks or you see Cinnamon, Cinnamon has a different design on their face, like that they drew on with like a sharpie. <laughs> 
Yeah, they just like wipe off the design and put a new one on it throughout the entire game. It's really fun. Very creative. I like it. Tango putting it in. Yeah. But, hey, I'm just going to say maybe Cinnamon should be in the Evil Within 3. Yes. I don't know how that would work, but yes. On Make it way, happen. On the way back to fight Zonzo, they find out Corsica, which is another executive of security, isn't fully trusted with info on Spectra because she is so new to the group and is a two goody two shoes. Yeah, kind of problematic why doesn't the head of security know everything about the project for a company dealing with technology seems a little suspicious to me colt yeah it's a little sus a little sus imposter among us macaron smashes the enemy that anime punched you with ease destroying him uh the next few events follows chai as he drains the r&d's budget this is the boss fight, basically. Zonzo gets defunded right before he gets to activate a large robot enemy. And you knock him out to get his access key. You don't kill Zonzo. Zonzo's no. alive. He is alive. Uh, which he never pops up again, but I just thought no. that was funny that they did not kill Zonzo. Yeah, which maybe they did kill him because he got defunded and used so much money trying to defeat Chai and the gang. So, like, when you're out of money, you're basically not a person. Like, you don't even exist anymore. Yeah. Like, it's okay. The cop said, like, he doesn't even exist. Like, he's not even a person. I'm doing a bit from I Think You Should Leave. Uh, whatever he said. Like, we just hit a homeless guy. Is that season one? Yeah. It's been a while since I've watched season oh one. My so. God. You need to rewatch it. Season three is about to come out. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Season three comes out into May. Yeah. I think May 30th or something like that. Oh shit. That's awesome. Because that's right after Memorial Day weekend. I was about to say that's Memorial Day weekend. I'm off for three days. I mean, Winslow's going to be back too. So maybe we can work something out. Oh, maybe, maybe we can work some little, Ooh, just had a good idea. I'll talk about it after we record this. All right. Here's what I want to say about this part before we come off of Zonzo. So this part of the game is where they introduce the parry system. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this. You like the parry system? Oh, yeah. I fucking despised the parry system. I, I did not like it. I think. Well, okay, let me rephrase. I think for the bigger enemies where it's a lot of stuff and you just kind of have to sort of be passable at it is fine. But like the little turrets that you have to be exact fucking suck. Yeah, those were a little hard. They it was very annoying. I think I probably died at them like three or four times. But it's just. It was really annoying, like and it, it held up for most of the game. Uh, the parry system was probably the one thing combat wise was not a fan of like did not like it like i actively every time there was a parrying part until probably the last two or three levels of the game i was like fuck that i like i did not look forward to the to the parries at all yeah i will say the parries when you didn't hit them fucking suck but when you did hit them it felt amazing yeah, when you hit a parry, it's just like, do thank Christ. Like, I, I hit this, especially, and we'll get to it in a minute, uh, with another boss fight where it's very parry heavy. 
Um, like every time hitting those, it, it, it like felt so good, felt clean. But I with regular enemies, I didn't really like it. And and then after a while, um, like they introduced several enemy types that they never really say, hey, um, you're gonna have to parry them at the end if you want to kill them faster. They never really say that. It just kind of happens. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't like that. The, pretty much everything to do with parrying in this game, I actively disliked. I really enjoyed parrying uh, for the most part during normal combat. Fighting the basic enemies, thought it was really fun. Especially the ones with the blasters. Deflecting their shots, thought it was real cool. Uh, Zonzo's passkey reveals that Spectra's mind control is actually ready to be rolled out. They're just waiting to do a launch, essentially. Uh, Kale and Corsica interrupt them, making them jump out of a window to escape. And after a futile escape, Corsica captures Chai, knocks him out, and locks him in a cage. So I, I find it really funny. Uh, at the end of the, I was really confused. Uh, so after you do this part, it, it, like you get knocked out at the end of uh, a track, which is what the levels are called. They're called tracks. Um, and you wake up and or. Before you start the new track, you're in the hideout again. So you can, like, buy shit, uh, do your upgrades, whatever. And I'm like, did I miss a cutscene? Did we already escape? Like, what what happened? And uh, and Colt <laughs> has it here. Uh, there's a fun bit uh, where you are back in the main base where everyone is telling you to snap out of it. And 808 is doing a little jazzy dance. Let me tell you, I lost my shit when 808 was doing that little dance. It was so fucking cute and funny. I love it so much. And like, if you go around the base talking to the people, you can like actually ask them like, Hey, didn't we? Uh, like, I thought we were back there. And they're like, oh, it's best not to talk about it. Uh, just, <laughs> just go sit on the couch. Uh, yeah. Just go play. Just go. And that happens throughout the entire game. If you uh, quit in the middle of a level, you, you can talk to the people with every single level. There's a new dialogue. Uh, you'll go talk to him and like, uh, I don't know about that. Just go sit on the couch. Uh, just, just, you'll find out. It's just very fun little extra detail that they did not have to put in, but I'm glad they did. Yep. Uh, Chai wakes up in a cell with Corsica questioning him. And after Corsica leaves, 808 jumps down and helps free Chai. Because in the other scene, uh, Kale had kicked his little wand, his little magnetic wand off into the lava. Right before it hits the lava, 808 saves it like a good little kitty cat. 808 is so... 808 reminds me a lot of my little buddy Socks. <laughs> yep. I think Socks would be willing to do everything 808 does in this game for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, he can totally turn into a ball fly and like give you power-ups. Yep. Alright. <laughs> Chai ends up helping security rep uh, repair the place to proceed through the level. If I had to pick a level that was like my least favorite, it'd probably be this one because it just felt like a lot of doing the same shit. Yeah, it was over very same-z because you have to essentially repair like three separate rooms that all have messed up uh, nodes to ride the elevator. Yeah. And it, th th yeah, this was the part that felt very same-z. Because it, it is. <laughs> like, yeah. It's very like, all right, we need to stretch this game. It, it's like they were like, we need to make this 
level just a little bit longer. So instead yeah. of repairing it one time, what if you did it three? And it takes 40 minutes. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. It was just very long. And you can tell that I did not care for it because it's only like one sentence long for this level. And at the end of the level, you're finally stopped by security before jumping to a massive rail cart to head to Corsica's location. That's all. That's it for that level. Yeah. Straight I mean, up, I did not care for it. So I only did like one fucking sentence for it. And yeah, I mean, I. There wasn't a level that I just actively did not like, but I would say this was probably my least least favorite as well because it's definitely like it feels very grindy. Yeah, like it it pretty much brings the game to a screeching halt. Yeah, like for a game that is very fast paced, and and after this level, it's the only level like it. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. Like the the rest of the game is just like go 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 go. And it's just like this one part that they're like, well, okay, we need you to slow the fuck down. And I'm glad so it's I, only one fucking level, too. Yeah, I, so I guess I won't count it too much against the game. Oh, no, It's just no. really bizarre that, like, your high-paced, rhythm-based action game, you're like, alright, time to do a checklist. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. On the way to course cut, it's revealed that you're going to need to talk to her to try to get her passkey instead of fighting. Trying to reason with her because she's slowly finding out. Yeah, they... Uh, so, oh, yeah. On the way to Corsica, she's revealed to be looking to Spectra herself after talking to Chai because he said, maybe you should look into it. Yeah, and it's very much so, like, even before this, the characters are like, hmm, Corsica seems weird. <laughs> they're like, Maybe she's like us. Like, it's really weird that they're just like, we could probably convert her. And, that, and you know what? Maybe. Maybe, maybe they, they could. I mean, maybe. when I, I mean, a group of ragtag little team can do anything. You got 808, the brains of the operation. You got peppermint. You got chai. You got macaron. You got cinnamon. Cole, I want to ask. Was there anything you could find why several characters in this game were named after food? I did not think about it until now. Because I, I was thinking about it at the end of the game. Because it... So, like... I mean, you have kale. You have chai. peppermint. You have chai. You have macaron. You have, you have cinnamon. cinnamon. But, like... And it's... it's That's the only ones, really, but... Those are main characters. Yeah, all main characters. I huh. mean, is it... Why are characters named after food in Hi-Fi Rush? It could just be for fun. Like, uh, I mean, that's what uh, Toriyama did with Dragon Ball, but with Japanese words. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right. Uh... I'm reading here. Rekka is a type of ramen. Oh, okay. Sanzo is likely referring to Sanzo, a type slash brand of sparkling water. There's a tea called Corsica. Or a spice you add to a tea. So everyone's basically food related, except for 808. 
I don't fucking know. That's strange. Anyways, uh, oh, what is is so chai, peppermint, macaron, and cinnamon? Is that supposed to be like somebody's like, oh, it's like the brunch bunch where they're all like breakfasty? Not really. I mean, cinnamon, chai, and peppermint are all things you can put in tea. And yeah. I guess macaron is something you eat could, with tea. Could theoretically eat with tea. And kale's a oh, they're the sweet fun group. While the bad guys, a kale, a healthy vegetable. Yeah. I oh fucking mimosa. Oh fuck yeah yeah. Uh, Rockford is a type of cheese. Yes, it is. Fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. Why the fuck did I not realize this? Yeah, well, yeah, well, I completely forgot about Mimosa too. Holy shit! Okay, well, I, I was just wondering if, there, if, like, a developer had came out and said there was a specific reason. And honestly, maybe it is just, uh, maybe it's like a loose sort of, like, nod to Dragon Ball. I mean, there's a ton of anime references in the game already. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of pop culture references in the game. I mean, the game also has a whole licensed soundtrack for it. Maybe it's just like, well, fucking Toriyama did it with Dragon Ball. Why can't we do it? Could be just as simple as that. Fuck <laughs> it, why not? No, it's just interesting. I just, I didn't, I wonder if there was like a legit reason out there. If you work at Bethesda, or you know somebody that worked on this game, and if there's a legitimate reason, please reach out to the Backlog Boys. Please tell us, uh, thank you, Todd Howard. Yeah, Todd, when you come on the show, we'll ask. <laughs> Chai falls through a vent directly on top of Corsica, and he tries to talk it out with her, but he keeps talking shit instead of saying stuff that'll get her on his side, so they start fighting. It's really funny, too, because Chai will, like, continue to say things, and they're like, why did you say that? And he's like, oh, is that word bad? Like, at one point, he calls her oblivious, and he's like, oh, I didn't realize oblivious was bad. It's, it's, it's a good bit. Yeah, he just it's real fun. The ball yeah, fight like, has you parrying her as you continue to make her angrier so she that she attacks more. Because they realize, fuck it, we're not going to be able to talk her out of this, so just keep making her angry. Yeah, so at, you're pretty much, at some point they're like, well, you can't talk her out of it, so just, just tire her out, essentially, and <laughs> make her so tired she wants to quit. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much exactly what happens. The fight ends with you knocking her out and trying to escape with her uh, to the hideout. Uh, on the way out, they uh, Chai slams her head into multiple walls uh, on the way to another massive rail car. And there's a bit where he's slamming her head on the walls and he makes sure not to hit her head on the wall or a door. Uh, but during doing so, he took too long to walk through the door that it shuts on her head. So it's yep. just a fun little bit. Yeah. Korchka is definitely the, the butt of some jokes. Yeah, she's got brain damage now. Yeah. It... Uh, to prove that she's got brain damage, Korchka joins your side after Kale finds out she was snooping through Spectra files. Kale sends a massive rail riding robot to kill you both, shooting a massive cannon, destroying the rail cart, and knocking you both off into the abyss. And uh, Korchka is revealed in the base with a new robotic parts because she's wounded so badly. Uh, she basically got Iron Man. Yes, she got Iron Man hearted. <laughs> what Colt 
Was it because uh, he got the uh, Iron Man heart? Because uh, <laughs> his heart got fucked up in the yeah. movie. But yeah, she she got she got Iron Man hearted. Yeah. Uh, Mimosa is the next executive boss there. After uh, there's a festival happening to celebrate Project Armstrong being ready to launch, uh, with Mimosa being the headliner. Yeah, Mimosa's an idol. Yeah, she's the big popular asshole. Uh, fighting through the festival, you eventually find a showroom with information about Vandalay Technologies. We learned that Kale is Tanner. Read this part. Drum roll, please, Tanner. Drum roll. Peppermint's brother. After she has a breakdown, she found out about the lies Kale was telling the public, and how he came to power, and how their mother stepped down. It's all lies. And she's like, "This is my fucking brother." Yeah, and everybody's like, "What?" Even though they both have the same color hair, and it's been obvious. So I thought maybe it was her dad at first. No, because I thought, okay, maybe Kale's her dad. Because Kale to me comes off as somebody that's like supposed to be in their forties. And again, I thought Peppermint and Chai were like older teenagers. We had different viewpoints of this game because I thought (laughs) he was like twenty-eight. He was like a young CEO. No, I not me. Oh no, fuck. Now it's time to go kill Mimosa. Chai finds Mimosa's dressing room and hears some robots talking out in the hall, so he panics and puts on a shark costume after he hears them looking for left shark. He used a shark costume to sneak to the stage to fight Mimosa. I didn't realize it until Tanner said it on the stream. Uh, I think this is a reference to the Katy Perry shark bit. Yeah, I'm trying to see what year... Left like shark 2010, wasn't it? 2015 Colt. Oh god. My so, time is wrong. This is this is another millennial thing. <laughs> where but it's very fun because Chai looks funny in the costume. It, it is very funny. It's just it's so weird. Because Left Shark is the one that's like actually the one that went viral and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's very funny to me that. Eight years later, they're like, I think it's time to bring Left Shark back. And they did. Maybe in 2017, they thought that Left Shark was going to become such a like pop cultural touchstone. Yeah. That people yeah. would be like, fuck yeah. But like watching it, I'm just or like I was playing it and they're like, Chai, get in the Left Shark costume. Like they specifically call it the Left Shark costume, and you're like, what? It's just a it, it's just a wild bit to have. I'm kind of hoping, and like Death Stranding too. Whenever it comes out in two years, they reference "Here Comes That Boy" or something like that. Do you think that would be the meme that Kojima put in Death Stranding too? No, it'd probably be like uh, "My Name Jeff." You really, you think Kojima would put in "My Name Jeff"? Yes, that would be his number one meme choice. Like a celebrity would say, "Hey, can you put my name and Jeff in the game?" And he'd be like, "Of course, anything oh, for you." Well, yeah. If any celebrity asked him, obviously, I just I'm trying to think what I'm thinking. Keyboard cat. Okay, keyboard cat would be pretty epic. You know, Maybe... I can actually see that. It'd be like the before times. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine cat? the fucking opening of Destroying Two? Cuts to like. A character in the before times, like before you know the 
the apocalypse or whatever. I haven't played Death Stranding one yet, but it's like a fucking person watching. No, hold up. It's fucking Kojima. It would be the fucking Numa Numa Yega. Yeah, exactly what I was just now thinking of. <laughs> Fuck. Please. Kojima put the Numa Numa dance in Death Stranding 2. <laughs> that, that's it. Uh, Mimosa's boss fight is more traditional, using all the abilities you learned up to this point, but not really. She turns her dress into large wings that also double as weapons, and towards the end of the boss fight, you have a dance-off against her where you show her up, and uh, Final Phase has you deflecting her attacks in the same way you fought Corsica. Corsica. Uh, the, the, the little dance battle, it's like uh, Parappa the Rapper. It's, uh, yeah, it's gameplay. And some of those buttons, like, and I wonder if it's faster or if there's more button prompts in the harder difficulties. But playing normal, like, it goes pretty fast, and there's a lot of button prompts. Yeah, yeah, it was very uh, Parappa esque. I, I very much like it or liked it. That her boss Even fight movements, like the dances, it looked like they were stiff, like a PlayStation One. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't like any other animation they had in the game. In the game, exactly. Very much so a reference to Parappa the Rapper now that I think about it. Um, This was probably my favorite boss fight in the game. That's fair. It's a good boss fight. Even though I died the most at it. I do remember like checking in on the stream a few times and seeing like, damn, he's still on this fight. Well, in two, so I didn't notice like the third or fourth time that Mimosa actually had two health bars. Yeah. So I thought you were supposed to just time it and wait. And then, like, I noticed it finally coming back. I'm like, oh, she has two health bars. So you have to, like, beat her ass, essentially destroy the health bar of the wing slash dress. And then you have to, like, beat her ass. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Mosa is knocked up into the sky where she explodes into a million pieces with a cool fireworks display. Another passkey falls down. And Mimosa is dead. A hundred percent. No way she's alive. Uh, like she, like technically she does not explode into a million pieces. After the fireworks go off, you see like a ding, like the classic cartoon trope where somebody gets knocked in the sky and they turn into a little star. So I'm thinking she went into space and she's uh, dying from oxygen loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is way less painful than exploding. Yep, and uh, fucking boiling to death. Great job. Uh, she's dead. Yeah, so that's two murders. Yep, two murders, and it won't be the last. Roquefort is the next executive. They do a bunch of fighting off screen and say that it was so cool and that they wish we could have seen it, that they should, that we would never bring it up again. And I thought that was a very fun bit because Chai had to like come up with a plan. Like, fuck, his plan's so stupid, but it's the only one we got, so let's do it. Yeah, and then they just do it off screen. I did think it was weird that they do it, but honestly, the way they set it up, there was no logical way to put it in the game. Yeah. And it's kind of a callback joke anyways, because Chai, like, three tracks prior, goes like, next time, can you just shoot me out of a big cannon? And they're like, and Peppermint's like, sure, whatever. And that's essentially what happens here. Is you have to like protect, you find this fucking cannon, and your deal is to get shot into Roquefort's office. 
Yep. And uh, you fuck up, obviously, hitting yeah. the cafeteria. Yeah, you land in the cafeteria. And you fight a little bit up to get to him. And this is my favorite 808 bit that happens in this section of the game. It's where he does a little karate pose. Big fan oh. of that one. Yep. The uh, 808's karate pose is good. After a little bit, Roquefort invites you directly to him uh, so that he could deal with you directly instead of throwing underlings at you because time is money, baby. Mm-hmm. Roquefort is... Would you say Roquefort's the oldest character in the game? Probably. Probably Roxanne. But, well, besides Rox, uh, Roxanne. But the oldest, like, enemy, yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It, it, which is interesting because Roquefort does kind of have the the viewpoint of like business, 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 and we we see Kale a, a little bit in the future here. It's like, oh, it's just what 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 do people want? What do people want? And Roquefort's like, why well, we need money now? It, it's just kind of interesting. I, I thought, yeah. And uh, Roquefort actually turns into. Visually, my favorite boss fight in the game because he oh, turns easily. into a giant mecha werewolf, and it's super, super sick. You have to mm-hmm. beat him enough until he turns back into a normal sized man, where he runs around the room trying not to get hit, and you have to beat him up. Uh, and turn, uh, and like after the first time, he like knocks you into a lockbox area, and then after that, it's a vault filled with gold. Mm-hmm. I. Here's what I loved. Uh, the vault filled with gold, the main attack, is some literally Scrooge McDucking you, and he, like, dives into the gold, and he pops out to get you, and you have to, like, get him to land on a fist, but, like, the animation of him diving into the gold is fucking Scrooge McDuck. It's so good. It's so good. Um, Yeah, I, I th- thought that was another fun twist and also if you're chai and if you stand still so long you start kind of sinking in the gold oh i didn't even not, see that yeah which is not how solids work yeah uh it, it, and it it's not like i don't think you can go all the way down but it slows you down and during that part where he's like diving and jumping out at you you know you want to go fast yeah but yeah it's very cool Roquefort, after a little bit um Roquefort is defeated by the thing that ca- he cared for the most Thousands of pounds of gold fall on top of him and kills him. It was right, like, he was about to get back at you type situation. Like, he was not anywhere near being ready to be defeated, but uh, gold falls on him and kills him. Mm-hmm. It's It was their quarter three profits that falls on him. I don't think it's implied that he's dead. I didn't think he was dead. I think he's dead. I mean, I'd die. I, well, I think he was knocked out because, again, we, we see that he can dive through the mountains and mountains yeah, of gold. That's true. So I just assumed it knocked him out. I didn't get the impression that it killed him. Well, we didn't see him at the end of the game, so I'm going to say dead. Uh, sure. I mean, that's possible. Uh, oh, yeah, we got another pass key because of it. And now that that's over, Kel's all that's left. He's the final. He's the final executive and uh the gang rushes to kale's office where they find roxanne instead of kale everyone like is freaked out by this like oh my god roxanne what the hell are you doing here i thought it would be kale so they get tricked and uh by letting their guard down and the, everyone's immediately locked in a force field where they realize roxanne stepped down because kale used spectra to control her mind she's got mm-hmm. like red eyes and like a little headset on 
where she's controlled. Yeah, which is the evil. Um, everybody that wears a, a headset is evil. Yep. yep. Um, Bluetooth headpieces, earpieces, satanic. Yep. Yep. Not satanic evil. I mean, satanic's not evil. So yeah, you're right. Uh, Kale's plan was to use Spectra to make people buy Vandalay products through the mind control. Very simple, but he's an evil man. He doesn't care. And uh, t- during this uh, next scene, Chai uses the power of his MP3 player, uh, MP3 player heart, to break the barrier with the power of synchronization with the beat and friendship. Uh, um, basically, yes. Exactly yeah, that. I really love this part because it like. Shows like Macron giving him words of encouragement, Corsica giving him words of encouragement, and it gets to Cinnamon's part, and Cinnamon's just like, "Oh, Chai, you wear such cool pants," and Chai goes, "That works too," and, and you're doing all these button like prompts to like break through the force field. Yeah, and, I will not. And, I did fuck up on this one a few times. I also fucked up on this one a few times. Uh, it's a little hard getting these buttons just right. Yeah, and it's long too like i mean the the corsica part isn't too long the macaron part's a little longer the cinnamon part's a little longer but like the peppermint part is like long yeah (laughs) and very very easy to fuck up i i honestly think about halfway through uh peppermint's part it kind of just automatically does it for you because i definitely fucked up but it, it it said i passed it so Maybe you fucked up too much for like, uh, yep, you got it. Yeah, maybe they're like, we gotta help this guy out. And, uh, now that the force field's gone, it's time to hunt Kale down and cut off his feet. On yep. the way to Kale, you find Zonzo's massive robot that was finished by Kale and is trying to stop you. This is the biggest enemy in the entire game. It's pretty damn sick. Oh my god, Colt, you didn't even talk about the most in- Never mind. I lied. <laughs> what? Never mind. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Okay. I'm okay. skipping ahead. Uh, you defeat the giant robot by chopping its arm off, while Cinnamon gets his only playable segment in the entire game. Uh, Cinnamon runs over to the severed arm and connects it to his arm, while everyone picks it up and aims it at the massive robot. A big robot gets murked by his own weapon, and Cinnamon. Loses his arm and his legs in the blast, but it's chill because he's a robot and he can be rebuilt. Yeah, that was I, super sick. Yeah, it was really cool. It took me by such surprise where Cinnamon's like, ah, I want to go get the arm. And then all of a sudden it cuts to the camera perspective of your Cinnamon and all he can do is walk and jump. Yeah. Yep. And it's just a single jump. It's not even a double jump like you can with Chai or anything. Like now, and, like this. Thinking about it now, with as well as this game did, if they ever do make a second game, I think it'd be cool if we could play as multiple people. Oh yeah, definitely. Like if you get to play, or uh, maybe not make it multiplayer. I don't know if that would work, but maybe do it where instead of like calling the characters in to do stuff, like maybe those segments are a little more meaty and like. Oh, Peppermint's here because maybe she's like mastered the AI technology. I think that'd be really cool because all Corsica, uh, Macaron and Peppermint all have very unique styles. Like Peppermint uh, is range, has a gun. Macaron, obviously a bruiser, has a melee. And Corsica has a staff 
Uh, that's it's mainly like used. a ranged close quarters type. Situation. Yeah, well, she can form tornadoes with it, but also she can't damage like enemies with it. But she yeah. can stun, um, and also blow out fires. But yeah, yeah, that that would be really cool. I didn't even think of that, but that would be rad. The final kale boss fight starts pretty much immediately after this. And uh starts with him getting a new drippy AF outfit as fuck. He takes control of Chai using Spectra in Chai's body. And I mm-hmm. like really love the fit that he had going on here. Throughout this fight, this is like visually, he looks so cool. Oh yeah, yeah. This this is a really, really well done uh final boss. Uh but yeah, he looks really fucking cool. <laughs> Kind of reminds me of the Spider-Man final boss, uh, uh, PlayStation 4 Spider-Man at uh, the end. And if you played that, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and now it's time to play as a cat. Kale pulls out a lightsaber. You take control of 808. And you have to hit his hand, which is like a little segment in his hand that controls Chai uh, to break the little mind control device inside of his hand. Free Chai, pretty much. Yes. Yeah, playing as 808, I was losing my fucking mind. Yeah, it was super cool. Like, I did fuck up once, and I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. Uh, But we made it in the end. Again, like I said earlier, 808's a badass. Yeah, 808 is a badass, super strong tank. I would love an 808, make Stray again, but with 808. Yeah, yeah. I just know Socks is like outside the door, like single tear rolls down his face. Because uh, he's not 808. No, Socks, Socks is better than 808. Um, but 808 is really fucking cool. Yeah, that's true. I mean, 808 doesn't suck your toes, so... Socks might be better, you're right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Kale turns into Dr. Octopus clone, where you have to use all three characters' abilities to defeat. He has, like, four separate tentacles, two or... Uh, I can't remember, but the, you have to two use... Or- Two are macarons with the shield. Yes. One is on fire, so you have to use Corsica. And the other one has, like, the digital shield that um, Peppermint shoots. Yeah. So you have to, like, use your abilities properly to actually do damage. Yeah. I didn't really have trouble doing. It was a pretty fun false fight. Yeah, it was was fun. I don't want to say it's easy. I mean, it's fairly long, and there's three phases. Yeah. Um... Well, four if you want to count 808's part. Yeah. Um, but it, it was pretty straightforward. Like, you, yeah. It, it, was, it was really well done, I thought. And the final phase of the fight has Kale going to overdrive with glowing orange electricity. My favorite look on him in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Especially so when they show, like, the stylized heavy line version. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it literally... It kind of look reminds me of... um. Oh my god. Well, I literally had a character in my mind. I cannot I I've fucking lost it. I, it does it kind of looks like him going Super Saiyan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I had I had like a mech character in my mind. I can't remember who it was, but it it's very well done. Yeah. It's the, it's super cool. The fight ends with everyone beating the shit out of him. Uzumaki Barrage style. Everybody gets a hit on him. It's a really really cool uh, fighting segment, uh, cutscene that is, and he explodes to death, dying to death, dying to death, death to death. 
He's yeah, definitely he, dead. Like he's, he's the one that's the most dead out of everyone. Yeah, he here. for sure died. Like you see him explode. Yeah, I mean, Rekka does the same thing, but they're both definitely not alive anymore. Yeah, which is a little fucked up. It, yeah, because it is Peppermint's. It brother. is Peppermint's brother, but also like Roxanne is still very much alive. Yeah, and she's just like. Thanks for killing my son. <laughs> Thanks for getting that shit shut down. Yeah. Need to get it put in his place. Yeah. Peppermint gets the last key and uses the full set to shut down Spectra. The password was password. Yeah, it was. Uh, with Roxanne freed, she apologizes to everyone and gives a hug to Peppermint. Roxanne offers Chai the opportunity to be the face of Vandalay and the credits roll. I and thought it was really funny that she was like, well, Chai, you're not really good at anything, so what if you became our mascot? Yeah, you suck, but, like, yeah, you did save us, so I guess. Yeah, we kind of have to put you on payroll now. Um, so what, why don't you just be a goofy little guy for us? You know what? I would take that job in a heartbeat. Oh, my God, in a fucking heartbeat. Easy. Anybody want to pay us to be goofy? Yeah, who wants I'll to pay goofy? us to be goofy? I'll do anything. Anything. And a, and a montage at the end shows Peppermint fixing up a truck, Cinnamon being repaired by Macaron because he's a robot, he's fine, and all of them going on a nice little road trip to chill out and watch the sunset. And that's when the game officially ends. And technically, there is uh, post-game content where you have to go through every single level to do some more, but I did not do that because I didn't feel like it. Yeah. It's pretty much the post-game content is like, oh, it seems like there's some Spectra stragglers. Why don't we take them out? That, that That's all. Yeah, but the, that's the whole like main storyline there. I personally really, really enjoyed it. It's like something from my childhood, but it's totally new. It was a very weirdly nostalgic taste, even though I've never seen anything like this before. It's all around just a super fun time. It's not like the best game you'll ever play, but it's it is a fun time to be had. Yeah, I definitely got the nostalgia thing for it, and I, I think that goes back to like the Saturday morning cartoon vibe. I felt with it. Like it, it just feels so I I'm trying to think. I don't want to say it's low stakes. Um, but it, it definitely just feels like if I turned this game on on a Saturday morning, played a couple of hours for it, like it just put me in that happy place. I enjoyed playing it thoroughly. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's it, it is a fun time. Like Colt said, this isn't like a mind blowing, you know, narrative masterpiece. Um, but you know, it, every game doesn't, and I don't want every game to be that. No, I like uh, to have a chill time sometimes. Yeah, sometimes video games can just be video game-ass video games, and that's what this was. Like, this video game is very much a video game-ass video game. It really is. It took me back to the PlayStation 3 hack-and-slash uh, 3D platformers. It was a nostalgic blast that I really, really enjoyed all the way up to the end. 
Yeah. I, and again, I, I wonder if maybe too, like some of that nostalgia comes from the design, how colorful it is, how, how goofy it is. It really, I mean, you know, coming from us, you know, at this point I'm coming up on 30 and, you know, Colt, Colt's soon to be 25. Nope. 24. Well, you, you are soon to be 25. I, I meant. I'm not even 24 yet. I know. Well, I'm not 28 or 29 oh, yet, yeah, but I right, am coming right, up on 30. Right. Um, I know when you were born, motherfucker. Right, um, but yeah, it, it very much like it just takes us back like 10, 15 years to like what? I mean, we watch a lot of cartoons now. Yeah, but, that's not much is different. Yeah, not much is different. I would actually maybe argue we watch more now. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> but it, it definitely brings you back to like turning on WB Kids <laughs> like on a Saturday morning. It's like, oh, here's. I, I don't know what it is about it. Like you're, but you're exactly right. It's the Saturday morning cartoon of video games. And uh, you know, what? I'm ready to rate mine. Like I've had this number ever since I first played it, and like mm-hmm. after watching the movie of it again, I strongly feel like even though it's not a solid full number, I don't see it going ever in my mind ever below this number or higher. It's a solid. 8.5 out of 10 experience. Wow. Colt, prepare to have your mind blown. Okay. Because I'm also at an 8.5 for it. Oh my god. Again, this is like the second time we've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, again, uh, and really, what's holding it back for me for being a 9 is I, I really much did not like the parry system. Um, That's fair. Just was not was not a fan of it. I actively did not like it. And the one level that just feels grindy, like you can cut out that whole part of the game, and this game is still perfectly fine. This game is still an eight and a half to ten and a half yeah. eleven hour game, still perfectly fine, and doesn't gr- grind the game to a halt. But I, I, yeah, I would go eight and a half on it. Original soundtrack is amazing. The the game feel is amazing. The visuals is good. A great, super likable cast of characters. A fun uh, variety of bosses. Like all all of your antagonists are like different enough, and you know each like has a pretty unique boss fight. And uh, it's a happy ending. And who doesn't? Sometimes, uh, you know, a, a game can just do that. Have a happy ending. And if there's not a hi-fi rush too, it's okay. They ended the story in a good way. And if there is a hi-fi rush too, hell yeah. Yeah, that was... I, if if there is one, I'll be happy. If there isn't, I'll be happy as well. Yep. It's fine. Because this was a great experience and like it's not going anywhere. It's an Xbox game. They're going to port this to the Xbox Series Z. So we're going to be fine there. <laughs> you, you think that's the last Xbox or just the next one? It's just the next one. Xbox Series. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid enough to work. You know, um, yeah, you're not wrong. But I think hmm. that's Hi-Fi Rush, if you, unless you have some more to say. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I do think people at the end of the year will forget about Hi-Fi Rush. Yes. It came out so early in the mm-hmm. year. Um, so if you're listening to this now, you know, we're at the end of April, it could be going into May. You're listening to this, 
give Hi-Fi Rush a shot if you haven't played it. It's, there's no excuse. If you have a fucking Xbox and you have Game Pass... Which or if PC you have an X- with Game Pass. Yeah, exactly. And if you have an Xbox and don't have Game Pass, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, That's just strange. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, you owe it to yourself to play this game, because I, I think... At least try it out. Because, you know, it may not be for everybody, because it is a little weird. It is a rhythm-based action game with some heavy platforming. Um... But give it a shot. Again, I, I really don't want this game to be lost when we come up into uh, December or into January, February of next year with Game of the Year stuff. Yeah. Just because it came out so, I mean, it came out the third week of the year. Um, definitely give it a shot. Because I, I, think, I think this game has the potential to hit maybe in a few years the like cult classic C-U-L-T. Cult yeah, yeah. Classic. I mean, it's already a cult classic, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> but that, uh, where it, it's going to be game a game where people talk about, you know, what was really underrated, Hi-Fi Rush, or you know what people don't talk about anymore, Hi-Fi Rush. Um, yeah, I, I think everybody, again, especially if you have Game Pass, there's no excuse, um, to definitely try this out and and give it a whirl because I I won't lie. I start the stream and I see it's a rhythm based action game. I'm just like, uh oh. <laughs> I don't know if I can commit to beating this. And then I beat it in three streams. So, yeah. It's a blast. Check it out. So, I guess you want to hit those final plugs that I don't know and they will never be in my. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I'll do it. Well, first of all, I want to say um, so if you don't know, in May, there's five Wednesdays and we release uh-huh. two Wednesdays a month. So, uh, for May, we are releasing on May 17th. That will be our, you know, middle of the month banter episode. And then May 31st will be episode five where, uh, Colt, you want to, you want to say what game we're playing? I'm trying to remember the full title. Fuck. I can't remember the full title. You say it. No, you could do it. Come on. You can't remember it either. I just know it's one of those games in that genre. We are playing. I had to look it up. It's a long game. It's a long title. Um, we will be playing another kind of recent game. Last Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Yep. Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I couldn't remember it because I was like, let's do the last Kirby game, but it's not even the last Kirby. It's game. not even the last Kirby game because of fucking uh, Dreamland Deluxe. The remaster. Yeah. But yeah, we will be doing Kirby in the Forgotten Land as our. Uh, title for may and then just i guess doing a little bit of summer housekeeping uh june will be two banter episodes and then we'll we'll roll into july and who knows what we'll do in july yeah well i'll I'll say this wenzel's picking july yeah wenzel will definitely pick for two months yeah wenzel will definitely pick july's game um yeah so thanks for listening to backlog boys uh obviously here at aych extra we have a ton of great content you can go listen to. Go listen to Muscle Orchestra, our wrestling show. The old episodes of Cinema Grimoire. Uh, will there ever be another episode? I don't know. But you can go listen to the three that are out. Uh, we have a ton of cool stuff cooking up for Extra that should be starting to pop up in the next couple of weeks. Keep your feeds and ears open for that. And also the main AYCH feed. Uh, just released episode 300 a couple of weeks ago, nearing 400 episodes or 400 pieces of audio on that network. 
So really cool. The week of release, uh, Patrick really uh, has a really cool interview up for episode 303. Go check that out. Um, I don't want to promise anything, but hopefully the week you're listening to this, there will also be a new muscle orchestra up on Friday. Uh, yeah, just we're cooking up stuff all summer. We just released our summer blockbuster predictions with some heavy stakes on the line. And in May, we're doing our month of games. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just fun stuff all around. Just come, it really is. Hop on the ride. We got some really cool shit planned uh, for the summer. And even in May, have some cool stuff that uh, just needs some last-second materialization to happen. So check that out. But if you want to stay tuned for all that, follow AYCH Podcast on Twitter. That will be the first place you hear news for any and all of our shows that stuff. So go there. Follow us on Twitch, all you can hear. Twitch.tv slash all you can hear. Um... I just beat Hi-Fi Rush on stream, so I don't really know what I'll do next. Uh, if you're listening to this today, April 26th, I'll be live with the Street Fighter 6 demo later, so go check that out. Um, I'm trying to think. YouTube, AYCH Podcast, or all you can hear, you can search it both ways. Uh, every Twitch VOD is currently out on there besides the WWE 2K23 one. Um... And it'll probably never be on there. Probably will never be released, but if you want a link for it, just tell me. It's a secret. <laughs> yeah, shh, shh, be quiet. Uh, yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tanner1495. My name's Colt. Follow me on Twitter at ColtD00. Like like Tanner said, go ahead and check out these all-you-can-hear episodes, these last few ones. I don't know why, but there's just been... like I've been hit with like a stem shot or something where... Uh, the bits are insane. There, there has been a really fun energy in the room. The last few episodes of the podcast. Don't get me wrong. All the podcasts are good. You should go listen to all of them. But the last few in particular, really, I, Cole, I think there was something in the fucking Pete Gellion mix. Yeah, there might've been, uh, so go listen to two ninety nine and then listen to all the rest of them since two ninety nine. The, the, uh, baby, a shark in the water but uh yeah who who knows there there's something in the water aych we cooking not cleaning no we're using dirty dishes and we're cooking on those dirty dishes Mm -hmm. and we're disgusting eating mud yum yum all right cole any last words uh End it. Uh, you want me to end it? Yes. <laughs> Bang.